Blog Talk Radio. Mommy, I hear the baby crying. Help me, other words she's in time. Where I've been, well, my world has been dying. So I teach me. Oh! 
Okay, everybody, welcome to our Sunday night episode of Prayer International Radio. I am going to be your host for tonight, Sean Holmberg. Not about me, it's about the Holy Spirit, about Jesus, above all, and above everything, about Jesus. And so we're going to um, get into the Word of God a little bit tonight and do some prayer and see what He has to say. Father, Lord, for every person who is listening tonight, Father, for those people out there who are seeking answers, Lord, regardless of what it is they're looking for, regardless of whatever need they have. Father, we know that every answer lies with you. You said that, Jesus, you said that you're the way, the truth, and the life. Father, you said you're the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He who was and who is and who is to come. So Jesus, above all, before all, we give you all the glory and all the honor, all the praise, for you alone are worthy to open up the scrolls. You alone have redeemed us from the foundation of the earth. You alone, alone have cleansed us from all of our sins and made us to be righteous before God. You alone have granted us access into the presence of the most holy. Father, tonight we come and we lay aside every weight, every burden. Father, we lay aside every expectation, every desire, every thought, of anything but you. Father, that tonight you would speak to us. Lord, tonight you would give us revelation. Father, you would give us eyes that can see. Father, ears that can hear. Father, that you would open up the depths of our heart that we can receive from you, Lord. As your word says in Ephesians, that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light that we would know what is the hope of our calling. The hope of our calling. You know, let me turn there and leave that real fast. Um, If you have your Bible, there's a couple different verses tonight. So, this is, I guess now going to be the first one, which wasn't the first one, but it's going to be the first one. And I'm going to probably tell a whole lot of stories tonight just to let you know. Um, someone, when I was um, young in the Lord, um, I had a counselor at high school who was a man filled with the Spirit of God. And he used to um, disciple me and the Word of God. And, you know, he told me that this is one of those prayers that you should pray over your life every day. 
But this is Ephesians um, chapter 1, verse 15. And Paul says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus, when he raised him up from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. His inheritance in the saints. You know, it's not something that we think about much, and it's not something that we talk about that much. Um, you know, we spend a majority of our lives our Christian lives, that is, and most sermons we hear um, are always about what we can get out of God, how great our lives can be um, for coming to him, all being true. But we never really stop and think of his inheritance in the saints and what it really means. When it said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You know, everlasting life, that's another one of those things that we don't, I think, sometimes think about enough. It says that this life is but a vapor. Every man is appointed once to die and after that to judgment. Every moment that flips by, gone forever. And we're one step closer to eternity, one step closer to standing before him with our own eyes, being able to behold the majesty on high. And every one of us will stand at some point before him and I think the question is always, then what? What do you say to him? If he can say anything at all. If you can even speak in his presence. Can't even comprehend what it's like to stand before him. And to join with a numerous, a numerous, that's the right word, choir of angels and heavenly beings and the host of heaven who will all cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. 
you know, it's one thing to read about it in church. It's a, it's one thing to just think about it off and on and to be like, man, that's great. It's awesome. We're going to get to stand before God, but oh my, to stand in his presence. The Bible says no one. I've seen the Father at any time. Jesus said no one's seen the Father but this time. But one day, we'll stand in white robes, having been redeemed. And we'll stand before him. Because of what Jesus has done. His inheritance in the same. You know, I wanted to talk some tonight about purpose and about the plans of God for our lives, about his heart's desire for the nations. And I think there's like 18 different things I wanted to talk about. And I guess we'll just end up seeing how it all goes once it's done. You know, I remember... When I was a really young, young kid, um, didn't know anything about the Lord. I prayed, um, usually more out of desperation than out of wanting to know who he was. But it was through those moments of desperation. Even the times when I didn't see answers or didn't see answers the way I was hoping for, but it was through those times of crying out to the Lord that I started to become curious about the Lord. You know, for the longest time, I've had the desire to write a book about intimacy with the Lord. And I've always struggled with trying to like pin down exactly what the name should be. Um, should it be something like face to face with God or something like that? And, Part of me wants to write a book that says, and the title be, Who is this Jesus person anyway? Because the longer I live, I realize I come farther and farther away from being able to comprehend him who was God and laid all that down to come in the form of a man to bear the sin of the entire world on a cross for what the Bible says was the joy that was set before him. The Jesus I want to know. Because It's not the Jesus in the manger that people sing about during Christmas, and it's not even the Jesus on the cross that really changes your life. But it's the Jesus that's no longer in the tomb, that's resurrected. That changes your life. When I was young and I didn't know much about the Lord, I 
used to have to walk to work every day and then walk home. And I remember walking across these long bridges in a place called Rockwall, Texas. And a couple miles to get to my house. And, um, you know, as long as I live, I'll never forget those walks because it was just me and him. And it wasn't the kabod glory, as you will, as sometimes you go into church and the presence of God just hits you. It wasn't that. But it was just knowing that he was there. He was been able to gaze up at the countless number of stars, or at least the ones I could see, and beholding the brilliance of his handiwork. And those long nights yielded so many talks and so many hours of just worshiping him, just wanting to have more, to know more, to understand more. what I didn't understand at the time and what I still struggle quite often to understand is that it's not always about what he can give to us when he's given us so much beyond comprehension that it comes down to just being you know Adam and Eve walked in the Garden of Eve, I mean, the Garden of Eden with the Lord. And they didn't have to do a whole lot, but they walked with the Lord day in, day out. Walking with the Lord. Talking with the Lord. Spending time with the Lord. And ironically, nothing's changed still to to this day. Through the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to converse and to spend time in his presence. As the psalmist said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Everywhere that we could be, he is. That's why a monk named Brother Lawrence wrote a book about, or had this book about him called Practicing the Presence of the Lord, realizing that everywhere you are, he is, and You don't always have to go into a prayer closet to hear from the Lord. Sometimes you can just be with the Lord. Do you have to go to work? Well, realize that he's there. You can converse with him at work. Are you in the car? You can converse with him in your car. Do you have four children like I do? Well, you can converse with him even when there's a bunch of children around because he's there. And he loves his children. Loves his children. The scripture says that he is not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance.
not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. It's interesting talking to Chris and looking at my own life and the things that the Lord has brought me through, the things the Lord is still working in me to bring me through, the breakthroughs, the triumphs. All to bring us to the knowledge of him. All to bring us to the knowledge of his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his unending love, his forgiveness. You know, I was um, talking to Chris earlier, and one of the things that we were talking about is a scripture, and um, let me pull it up real fast. In Second Corinthians um, chapter 3, let me turn here real fast. I should have put a bunch of bookmarks down. Um, oh, I did. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 3, it says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need, as some others, epistles of, con- of com- commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, the heart. And you know, if you turn back to Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 33, it says, but actually, if you go to um, verse 31, it says, Behold, the days are coming, so is the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers and the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. And back to Ephesians, clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is the heart. You know, what what does it really mean to be an epistle of Christ? Sorry to um, drink some coffee, trying to keep myself awake. Uh, 
epistles of Christ written not on not on tablets of stone but on tablets of flesh. You know, someone said once in some meeting I was in some time ago. Maybe I read it in a book. But it said a pastor can write a message and spend an entire week coming up with a sermon for Sunday morning. But what God's done is over the course of our entire lives, he's written on your heart. With his hand, he has molded and shaped and formed and written you as a masterpiece, completely unique, completely different, sanctified, anointed, with purpose, a plan and a purpose, said in Jeremiah 33, I know the plans that I have, thoughts and plans I have, where your thoughts are good and not evil to give you the future and hope, Oh, and 33, it says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. Sorry, I had my verses confused there. But he knows the thoughts that he has for us. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give us a future and a hope. You know, the greatest message for the world is you. No matter who you are, every one of you, you're his message. a complete portrait and novel about the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in a person's life. And there's those moments in your life that nobody has been there for, the times when the Lord has been there, the times that he's shown up and written a page in your life that the world can read to know how great is our God His faithfulness, his grace, his mercy, his provision. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. But when we read it without the Holy Spirit, blinders remain upon our eyes. And it takes the Holy Spirit to take this word, which became flesh and dwelt among us, and to make it become alive to us, and to give nourishment to our spirits, for it to become a river of living water, as Jesus said, if you drink this water, I will give you, you'll never thirst again. It'll become a fountain of water inside of you, springing up into everlasting life. But this water that just stays there becomes stagnant. 
and it needs to be released. It needs to come out of you to those around you, especially those who don't know the Lord, but even people who do know the Lord. Because nobody knows Jesus as well as you do. Nobody knows how many times he's delivered you as well as you do. Nobody knows how many times he's come through come through for you like you do. That's why it says in Revelation, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony is how we show the world that we're different. It's how we show the enemy that he's defeated and that the Lord Jesus Christ is victorious. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you want to know how to hear the voice of God, two things. It's being in his word, consuming his word, letting his word have a place in your heart, letting his word find room in your heart. And then the second thing is to spend time with him. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. But it takes time. You have to know the shepherd to be able to recognize his voice. And you're not going to know him very well if your life is consumed with video games and television and everything else. Jason Epson sings a song called The Cost of Intimacy. And I'm not saying this to be... um, what the word is, but um, legalistic. But the truth of the matter is, if you want to get to know someone, you have to spend time with that person. You have to make an effort to spend time with them. If you want to know the Father, if you want to hear his voice and be able to hear it clearly, you're going to have to put forth the effort to spend time with him to get in his presence. Keep yourself in his presence until you've heard from him. You know, Gideon put down a fleece so that he could know what the will of the Lord was in a situation. And even the disciples would cast lots. But wouldn't it be great because they cast lots to figure out who would be the new disciple? But wouldn't it be great if we had ability to come before the Lord? seek his face and to hear his voice for our lives, for our nation, for the people around us, for this world. And we do. If you want it bad enough. If you really want He said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Come before him and he'll speak to you. Give yourself to him and he'll open your eyes.
there's far too many things in this world that are that can distract you from him. It's interesting. We talk about practicing the presence of the Lord. Always keeping the knowledge of his presence wherever you're at. You're washing dishes, he's there. Spending time with your friends, he's there. But are you keeping him in your consciousness? Are you realizing, understanding that he's there? When Peter, the prayer for people, he say, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you. Not because he had a special anointing that was better than anybody else's. It was because he knew he had the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that dwells in every believer. That's given their hearts to the Lord. The same Holy Spirit that Jesus said, it is to your advantage I go away. For if I don't go away, I cannot send the helper to you. Always present. Always present. He's always present. In the hospital room you're in, he's there. I have to admit, it's many people who I know who are prophetic. And I don't mean the people who walk around and say, hey, I'm prophet this, and who walk around with a title as if having a title earns them a place to respect when I don't think anybody outside of Jesus Christ has earned or deserves any respect in this world but him alone but the people who really hear his voice who are really prophetic who spent the time developing the ability to hear his voice they usually say it's it's really easy to walk up to someone and to hear the word of God for them, but it's a lot harder to hear it for yourself in your own lives. And I wonder if part of that is because the Lord first wants us to be able to be a body of believers, to be members of one another, and also so that we will seek his face even more, spend more time in his presence, spend more time in his word. And at other times, I think it's because if he told us everything, we wouldn't need to trust him. Trust is an interesting thing. It's easy to say you trust someone until you have to lay your life down for them. Or until they ask you to give up something you don't want to give up. That's where trust really comes into play. When they ask something from you. 
that's important. What does the Bible say? God came to Abraham and say, go from this place. If you have your Bible, turn it to um, Genesis. Once again, I probably should have marked this, which I thought I did, but obviously I didn't. Okay, so Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. How many people want to be a blessing to other people? He said, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. How awesome is that? That God just showed up to Abraham and said, let's go. It's time. Let me show you something new. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. All the nations of the earth will be blessed because of you. Let's go, Abraham. And Abraham could have asked where we're going, but God said, well, I'm going to show you. Let's go. And Abraham had a choice whether to stay where he was or to follow the Lord. You know, it says, my sheep hear my voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And so, it says, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Going to a place he didn't know. But remembering the voice he had heard. Knowing him, what does that scripture say? I know in whom I have believed. Knowing that he'll never leave us or forsake us. You know, we have this scripture, the word of God, full of life, countless stories of the Lord's work throughout history of his faithfulness. Abraham didn't have that. He didn't have all the words. He just had the relationship. He didn't have sermons that he could pull up and a Bible that he could read. He just had the relationship. He just had the ability to hear that voice, know the Father. 
And so when the Lord came to him and said, Abraham, let's go, he was like, okay, let's go. There will come a time in your life, in everybody's life, where the Lord will ask you to do things or the Lord will say, let's do something, and you'll have a choice. We always have a choice to stay or to, as they say nowadays, take a step of faith and just go. And I always have been conflicted about that saying, to take a step of faith, because I always wondered, is it really faith when you know him? There's a small part of faith where you have to just do something and you can't see the outcome. But when you know him who has asked of it, when you know him, he said, I'll never leave you first nor forsake you, knowing that he will always provide for you. What does the scripture said? I have Never seen the righteous forsaken nor steep begging for bread. And so Abraham left because the Lord called. And you know, the Lord may not call you to get up and go out of your country, He may call you to get up and go next door. He may call you to speak to the person sitting next to you on the train or the bus or the person that's sitting in the cubicle next to you. And the question is, when he says, come, let me show you something, let's do something, are you going to be willing to go? I remember growing up in the Lord and Everybody was always, everybody wanted to be a missionary. Everybody wanted to get up and go to some other country far, far away and preach the gospel and let's save the entire world. And, but I don't remember that many people saying, let's save the people on this street and let's save all the people on this church because there's people in church who still don't know the Lord. There's people who go to church who still have needs, people who are still waiting and longing to hear from the Lord, to have a touch from the Lord. You know, let's say everyone, it doesn't matter if they're in China or Bangladesh or they're in Australia or the Americas. Let's say the person at the fast food restaurant who's serving us and give them something that we have which is the knowledge of him who died for their sins so they could have eternal life and beyond eternal life, that they could have a relationship with the living God, that they too could hear his voice. Because he wants to be their shepherd too. You know, this message originally wasn't supposed to be about evangelism and being a missionary but or the lost 
a part of me thinks, what else is there? What are the things of his heart? A world that doesn't know him still. With the countless numbers of Christians, there's still so many that don't know him. Children who are being born and then will die without ever hearing the name of Jesus. People who will be stuck in wheelchairs and in hospital beds because no one's come up to them and spoken the name of Jesus. And while not every person will get healed, some people will, but they won't unless you are willing to go up to them and pray for them. Not every person will get healed, but if people don't do what the scripture says, none of them will. And it's not hard. It just says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's it. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. By his stripes we are healed. The Bible says the goodness of God leads them into repentance. But it still says preach the gospel in season and out of season. What does it say? Priest that the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. Not 2,000 years ago, not 10 years in the future, right now. The kingdom of God is at hand. The dominion and authority and power of the kingdom of God is at hand for your life, for your family's life, for your friends, for your relatives, for your neighbors, for the people in your city, for the people in your country. The kingdom of God is at hand, and he is available now. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. If anybody out there who can hear the sound of my voice, if you don't know the Lord, let me say that Jesus died for your sins, every one of them. doesn't matter what you've done. He'll forgive you. He laid down his life for you, that you could be forgiven. All you have to do is come and accept him. Just whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe that he died for your sins, that he was raised from the dead, and you shall be saved. You don't need a super spiritual prayer. You don't need a big message you just need a heart that says Jesus forgive me 
come into my life, be my Lord and Savior, as I am. And he'll meet you right there. Seems like that's the only message that's left. Is Christ Jesus and him crucified. Paul said, I have what was it? Um I have determined to know nothing among you except for Christ Jesus and him crucified. Christ Jesus and him crucified. Father, for every person who's listening to the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would touch every one of them. Father, whatever need they have. Father, whatever affliction, whatever need, whatever provision, Lord, that they need. Father, whatever their desire is from you. Father, I pray you'd meet them at the point of their need, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would heal every sickness, every infirmity, every affliction right now in the name of Jesus. Father, for those who are seeking a touch from you, Holy Spirit, that you would enter their living rooms, their houses, Father, their places of work right now, and reveal yourself to them. Father, that you would begin to open up their ears to hear your voice. Father, you would draw their hearts to you, Lord. Father, you would give them a hunger and thirst for your word. Give them a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Father, that you would reveal your heart to us. As the song in the beginning of the show said, not our will, but yours. Father, that you would reveal the passions and desires of your heart to us. Father, that we would be changed. That we wouldn't be concerned about us and what we can get out of it, Father, but we would be concerned with you. Father, what are the desires of your heart for us, for the nations around us, Lord? Father, that you would begin to speak to us. You said that you no longer call a servant because the servant doesn't know what his master is doing. Father, that you revealed your thoughts and your heart to us through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, breathe life into us. Breathe fire into us tonight, Father. Burn out everything in our lives that doesn't glorify you, Father. Burn out everything that doesn't bring you glory and honor. Burn out everything, Lord, that would be a distraction from hearing your voice, from knowing you. Father, that you would cause us to walk in your ways. Father, that you would cause us to hear your voice. Father, that you would cause us to seek your face. Lord, that you would raise up a generation of those 
who would not be content with anything but hearing your voice. That you would raise up men and women and children, Lord, who desire to know your presence. Father, who desire to know your heart. Father, teach us to come to you. Teach us how to come to you. Teach us how to come to you. Father, teach us to come before you. Just as we are, Father. You said you have adopted us as children by Christ Jesus. Father, you have adopted us into your family. Father, teach us how to come to you as children. Only expecting good things from you, Lord. Father, only expecting good things. You said, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has even entered into the heart of men the things that you have prepared for those that love you. But Father, David said one thing I desire that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It says that you have become our exceeding great reward. Father, we want to know you. Father, we want to know you. We want to know your heart. We want to know your thoughts. We want to hear your voice, Jesus. Father, we want to hear your voice in this hour and what you would say to us. It says, and I can find the scripture. One of the reasons I love Google. A packet which is trying to find it in my Bible. I should probably know where it is, but back at chapter two, verse one, it says, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. And how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. 
though it hastens, it will not fail, though it carries way for it, for it will certainly come, and will not delay. So there is a way that seems right to a man, but and it's in his death, and it says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Father teaches of the good things. Begin and end with you, Father, that you are the good thing in our life. Reveal to us your desires for the nations, Lord. Father, reveal to us your strategic blueprint, your plans for the nations, Lord. Father, that when you ask us to pray, we will pray, Father. Father, that you would first in the hearts of everybody listening, and Father, nations. Father, that you have burdened nations into us. Father, not about us. Not that we can say we're anything, Lord. But friends. Father, that our actions and our works wouldn't be because we want anything, Lord, except for you. But you said, freely give, receive, freely give. Father, the grace and the joy that you have poured out in our lives, Father, let us turn around and be open vessels to deliver this message that you have inscribed upon our hearts, Father. This river of life that you've put inside of us, Father that it can flow forth to bring healing to the nations. Father, we give you everything. Because we love you. Whether we ever do ministry, Father, you have made us ministers of reconciliation as knowing you. Father, we become banners in this earth declaring the name of the Lord. Father, let us never forget your presence. Let us never forget your goodness. So this is Prayer International Radio. We're going to um, wrap it up. If you need prayer after the show, you can just email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com, and we will be back tomorrow night. We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. 
It is everything. Hear us, God. We're coming. 